somewhere between waking and sleeping. On our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment where we have one foot in the waking world, and the other is in that other world, where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here, and straddled between two planets that drive one another like gears, the attentive traveller will notice a narrow door, only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, where imagination and reality are braided together, a chasm in the crust of consciousness, venting the hot pumice of imagery into the irresistible magma of narrative. Welcome to episode 14 of Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a weekly podcast of curious tales from bordersofsleep.com, featuring original stories by your host, Seymour Jacklin. You can visit the website, bordersofsleep.com, for more information or to leave some feedback. Artwork is by Robin Trainer, production by Tim Wiles, and the soundtrack for this week's episode is from The Once and Future Harp by Cheryl Ann Fulton, and that is available from magnitude.com. So, if you're ready to journey with me, then I shall begin. A Tale of Two Pots, adapted by Seymour Jacklin from a traditional folktale. Once upon a time, there lived a poor man, who was so poor that he could only afford to live a long way from the water that he and his family needed every day for drinking and cooking and washing. In fact, a considerable part of every day of his life was spent walking down to the river to collect water, even on Sundays. On the best days, this chore was a delight, and he trod the familiar path to the river and back again, and as he did so, he noticed every detail and delighted in it. On the worst days, he found every step painful and wished that he could afford to live closer to the river or, even better, have running taps in his house like some folks did. His life depended on the two pots which carried the life-giving stuff every day, balanced on either side of a long pole that he carried across his neck. One of these pots had a crack in it, and the other was flawless. As the poor man returned from the stream, he would have to step quickly, as the water would slowly trickle from the cracked pot, and the load would become uneven, and when he reached home, one pot was always full, and the other would be half empty, or half full, depending on whether it was a good day or a bad day, but never as full as the perfect pot. While the seasons turned, and whether it was wet or dry, still the poor man carried water. Year followed year, and he had a strange sense that time was going faster and faster at every year's end. When they were not in use, the two pots would sit, side by side, under the window waiting to be used again. And to tell the truth, there were very few other items to be seen under the poor man's roof. A hearth, some mats for sleeping, a pan for cooking and sharing food, and a spoon for stirring it. So for several years these two pots would sit and regard the same view, and witness the comings and goings of the family. Now the perfect pot was perhaps not quite as perfect in her inner surface for she felt not a little smug and proud of her accomplishments, and pride is not pretty, even in a pot. This one had never failed to bring back every last drop to the house in service of her master, 
and she considered herself to be second to none in fulfilling the purpose for which she was made. Her companion, however, was only ashamed that she could not do the thing for which she was made. Try as she might, she could only feel herself getting lighter from the moment she was filled as the water ran out of the crack in her side. Not only did this pot struggle to carry the load assigned to her, she could hardly bear the shame of her defect. So one day she spoke up and addressed the poor man, just as he was lifting the pole up onto his shoulders and setting off one morning. I owe you an apology, she said. Setting the pole down quickly, the poor man came over and squatted on the ground next to her. Why do you owe me an apology? he asked. I cannot do my job properly. Even though you work so very hard at yours, at best I can only carry half the load of water that you give me to bear. I'm afraid I'm letting you down very badly and making your life harder than it should be, said the pot. The poor man felt sorry for her and offered her a bit of advice. You know, I have bad days too, he consoled her. There are times when my feet hurt and my back aches as I walk home and it seems as if every little stone is trying to get under my feet and hurt me or trip me up and I daydream about all the things that I could do if I didn't have to carry water every day. But let me tell you what cheers me up. I take the time to notice all the things going on around me. I see that the ants have burdens to bear as well as me and they don't complain. I see the trees and marvel at the generosity of the shade that they give to other creatures. And I, as I open my eyes, I see beautiful insects and flowers. Even at the height of the dry season there is loveliness in the way the dust swirls out from under my feet. I soon forget how hard my work is. Now today, as we return from the river, take a look around you and try not to think so hard about that crack in your side. So that day, as they returned from the river, the cracked pot tried to notice everything that was around her in every beautiful detail, and she soon forgot herself in concentrating on these other things. But at the end of the journey, when the man set the pots down with a bump, she came back down to the very dusty earth and saw that she had nevertheless leaked more than half her water out as usual, and she felt somewhat aggrieved at the poor man for dawdling on the way as well as bitterly disappointed with herself once again. I'm really very sorry, she said. I can't help it. The water's leaked out of me as fast as it ever did. I must still apologise for my fault. Hang on a moment, said the poor man. Tell me what you saw today. She tried to remember. I saw the shadows getting shorter, she said. What else? he asked. I saw the grass getting taller. And what else? I saw wonderful colours in the leaves and even in the soil, but best of all were the flowers growing by the path, thousands of them in reds and blues and yellows. They looked as if they were pleased to see me and bobbed their heads at me as I went past. Then the poor man asked her, and did you notice that those flowers were only on one side of the path? No, really, she said. Look, said the man, and lifted her up above his head so that she could look back down the path the way they had come. And he was right. 
On one side of the path, there was a river of colour, and on the other side, just dust and pebbles. I've known about that crack in your side all along, he said, and so I decided to take advantage of it, and sowed seeds on the side of the path that you have been watering every day as you were carried over them. So now you see the beautiful result of your hard work for all these years. You've made my water-bearing more pleasurable and helped to bless everyone who passes this way too. There really is no need to apologise when I should be thanking you. <laughs>